Everybody say, what is spirit-filled? What is spirit-filled? Amen. Uh, still turn me up a little bit more. I like to hear it a little bit. And so what we want to do is I may share with you, I am approaching this particular message, and I realized last week some of the things that we're doing in the message is the message feels more informative, right? Um, typically, we minister from the Word of God or we break open the bread of life in such a way we pray um, that better Brother Peter calls it dynamic preaching. Uh, we could call it inspirational preaching. Um, and we attempt to make it very engaging where it comes to and lives right in your home and right in your situation. Amen? Amen. That is the intent of this as well, but this message kind of approaches it from the standpoint of being very informative. Say informative. informative. That does not make it boring. How many understand information is not boring? Because the Bible says that there were a people that had a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Right? And how many understand that sometimes you can be excited about something, but not know what you're doing? So my point being is that we not only want to be excited, but we also want to be very well based in knowledge, which is scripture. Are you with me? All right. So what we want to do is we want to talk about what is spirit field. And we want to talk about it because this, in essence, concludes or gives kind of the 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 stamp or the seal over the series that we've been doing called God's spirit field treasure chest. BCC Ames, Iowa. And I believe as we've gone through the series that we hopefully have transferred this thought, this, you know, where we all can gather around. I think God's been doing some wonderful things through the series and the message. And that simply is to bring us all to the belief to recognize that I am a treasure. I am valuable and I am rich. Amen. Amen. Say that with me. Say I am am a treasure. treasure. I am valuable and I am rich. Praise God. And that comes directly out of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. We believe scholarly teaching teaches commentaries, other scholars gone before us historically have shown and revealed that we, people of God, we are Christians, we are God's inherited richness. We are God's inherited richness. We are God's what? Inherited Richness, amen. We are his riches. And isn't that interesting that when God saves us through Jesus Christ and we accept him personally and we accept him in our heart, we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and we confess that he died for our sins, he was buried, and on the third day he rose again from the grave. That when we confess that publicly, we believe it in our hearts, we confess it publicly, when that happens, we are saved. Some of y'all said amen to that. We are saved. And as a result of being saved, becoming a believer, we become God's inherited treasure. Everybody with me on that? I know it's simplistic, but you want to get a strong foundation of what's simple so we can go into deeper things. All right. So the way you do that is you mix it with your faith and you mix it with your faith by saying amen or praise the Lord or praise the Lord. Or hallelujah. Okay. Amen. (laughs) All right. The text I would like to reveal, which is not maybe necessarily your customary check, your customary text for dealing with what is spirit field 
is I want to take it in the period of time, right? There are 28 chapters in the book of Acts, and something shows up in Acts chapter 11 that is very interesting that references and refers to the beginning or the opening part of Acts. Are you with me? So therefore, in Acts chapter 11, beginning at verse 1, we're going to read from 1 to 18. I want you to hear this. This is a testimony. Say testimony. So it says, now the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. Received what? The word of God. You make sure that you see that that's what this is about. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision, Jewish people, Semitic, contended with him, saying, you went into the uncircumcised. So we're talking about two different types of people, Jewish people and Gentile people, right? And it says uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter explained it to them in order, in order from the beginning saying, so he's going to now testify. I was in the city of Joppa praying and in a trance I saw a vision. In a trance I saw a vision. I would like to propose to you when you enter into a day vision or a night vision that God is the author of. It's going to happen by the Holy Spirit. It's going to happen by the who? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. An object descending like a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners. And it came to me when I observed it intently and considered I saw four footed animals of the earth. Wild beasts, creeping things and birds of the air. And I heard a voice. Say I heard a voice. I would, I would recommend and propose to you when you learn how to hear the voice of God, you're going to hear the voice of God from the realm of the spirit, from the realm of the what? Spirit. So therefore, one, if you enter into a vision that God gives you a vision, Peter's talking about a vision. He sees animals that came from the realm of the spirit. Everybody with me? And therefore, just a quick measure over the other two messages. This is the third message. How many understand that it's going to be weird unless you're in the spirit? Is everybody with me? If you just have a dream about animals, that could be weird. But if you have a dream about animals and you recognize, wait a minute, this is something that is spiritually discerned, spiritually understood. How many understand now you have the opportunity to God can change your life through it. Are you with me? All right. So then he says, I heard a voice. And that seems to be one of the most difficult things that Christians deal with today. And one of the most difficult things Christians deal with today is how do you know if you're hearing the voice of God? How do you know if you're hearing the voice of God? Are you with me? Let me. That's good. Thank you, sister. Let me compare that to me being around my family, my family, my Hispanic family, my family in which they are bilingual. And I'm kind of bilingual, but that one of those don't count as a language. Are you with me? Uh, <laughs> So, so, so I want to compare it to this. When I first started coming around and I was, you know, just seeing Sister Anna and I would be at dinner with them or whatever, and at their dinner table and they were speaking Spanish just like I wasn't even in the room, okay? And, and so what happened in the process that I don't have a, a clue about any of those things that they're saying. Are you with me? I don't know anything they're saying and they're hollering at the same time, Right? And so not only, <laughs> so not only do I not understand what they're saying, but I'm also scared. Are you with me? <laughs> I mean, you know, food may not taste the same when you're a little scared. Are you with me? But my point is this. I'll just jump along. Here's what our point is. 
I've now been with my family for over 25, like about 25 years. Everybody say amen. amen. But how many understand now that when we sit down at the table and they're still 25 years later speaking nothing but Spanish, right? Just like I'm not even there. Are you with me? However, there's something different that's happened in 25 years. Are you with me? Guess what? Oh, I know what y'all talking about now. Now, I cannot speak a single word of Spanish, but you know what? Hold up. Slow up. No, wait a minute. Mom, don't say that about me. <laughs> right? Poppy, now why are you saying it like that? Right? Why? Because I have become a lot more familiar with their language. Are you ready to tie it over? Some of us start off with God and we're like, I don't understand. I'm not hearing God. I don't understand a single thing. You know what? God is talking the whole time and it's like I'm not even there. Did you catch that? Guess what? They were speaking Spanish, but just because they were speaking was meaning I didn't understand it. But it didn't mean they weren't speaking. God is speaking, even though you may not understand it. And guess what? God is speaking with you, lovely lady. God is speaking with you, lovely lady. God is speaking to you, but you may not understand it. Can I tell you what the difference is going to have to be? You're going to have to hang around with the Holy Spirit. Boy, that's good preaching, isn't it? Isn't it? Because if you hang around with the Holy Spirit, you start picking up on what he said. Oh, God, okay, I got you now. Are you with me? That's a good word. Say, I need to, I need to hang out, hang out with, the Holy Spirit. with the Holy Spirit. How many of you know some of us got really, really weird friends? Right, don't raise your hand. Oh, whoa, sneak your hand down. They might be with you. Don't do that. How many of you know you got some really, really weird friends, right? Whoa. Check this out, though. And they talk weird. And even though they talk weird, you understand them. See, everybody got this. But guess what? When you first started out, you're like, what can you say it again? What'd you say? I don't understand you. What? Now you say, oh, okay, yeah, I understand. I talk. We've got to be spend more time around the Holy Spirit and we'll begin to understand him a lot more. That's a good word. That's a good word. Okay. So he says to me, rise, Peter, kill and what? Kill and what? But I said, no, so, Lord, got his religion on. For nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven. What God has cleansed you must not call uncommon, must not call common. Now, this was done three times. And I talked about what three times mean. Every word is established by two or three. And so therefore, it's just established. And God was trying to get this message to him. And therefore, he's speaking to him three times to make sure you understand this is from me. And all were drawn up again into heaven at that very moment. Three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Then the spirit, then the who? Spirit. Then the spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. What a wonderful passage of scripture to show you progression, right? He gets a dream or a vision. He believes it's from God. He pays attention to it. He hears the voice of God, and then he's dialoguing with God. And then the voice of God speaks back to him and tells him to do something. Isn't that a beautiful progression? And now by verse 12, he actually goes and does what the spirit of God tells him to do. Would you like to grow again one more time? 
we learn more about God and learn, we, we learn more about Christ and our lives begin to grow and prosper and blossom when we actually go and do what God tells us to do. It's a good word. This is really clear communication this morning. Amen. Amen. Oh, ooh, this is good. Check this out. And you have to do it and you still have a little unsurety about it. That was really good. You don't, Peter could have said, you know what, I don't know if he said go or not. Was that me? I thought that was my voice. I don't, you know, you follow that? But you had to go. Say go. go. You have to obey. You have to do it. If God tells you to get up and you know what, you're in, you know, you're at that dark room and that movie just turned rated R and you thought it said PG-13, but it really wasn't. And, and now she looking even better and feeling good. And you didn't even know she was smelling, smelling like perfume. And now she is. And nobody else in the house. And you hear something to say, go. How many understand go doesn't sound like stay? I mean, I mean, serious. Go. Does, does go ever sound like stay? Go, okay. Go. Maybe say go away. <laughs> say obey. obey. Amen. Say I will. Amen. Try God. By obeying. obeying. Amen. That's good. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house. And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house, who said to him, Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be what? Will be what? Now, here's the passage of scripture that you just want to capture. What is spirit filled? What is spirit filled? Verse 15. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. This is very important for good biblical teaching. And this crosses every denomination and every belief system. He says, Holy Spirit fell upon us just as he did to us at the when? So the reference point is the what? Beginning, right? He's saying the same way he fell on them was the same way he fell on us. There was no differentiation. Therefore, we don't have to get into a bunch of theological debate about what spirit field is because Peter just defined it just happened to them just like it happened to us. Therefore, in verse 16, it says, then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, who said it? Jesus said, John indeed baptizes you with water. Read the red letter edition. Ready, said, read. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Say it one more time. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Very good. Verse 17, if there, it says, if therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they became silent and they glorified God, saying, The God, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. Repentance to life. And everybody said, Praise God. Amen. And now say, amen. amen. Can I get you to look at your neighbor? And I want you to say this sentence with me because it's very good. Say, Repentance is. A changed, mind a changed mind that leads to a changed heart, that, a changed heart 
that leads to a changed action. Amen. Good note taking. Amen. Repentance really means the actual definition means a changed mind. The actual definition of repentance means what? A changed mind. Come on, let me treat this. It means a what? And I believe today God wants some of us to have a changed mind. I'm going to say it a different way. I believe God's desire today is that for some of us that have been resisting the Holy Spirit to have a changed mind. Let me, let me ask you this question. How, do, how many of us in here today want a better life? Want a better life? How many of you believe that it may require a changed mind? Amen. All right. Look at this. Let's keep going. So therefore, our question in its full entirety is this. What is spirit-filled today? When? And today means period of time, not just October, se- I mean, November the 2nd, but I'm talking about today. What does it mean today and also at BCC? So our, our, what we're going to define in the next minutes, you know, half hour we got together is this, is that today we want to define what is spirit filled today and also at BCC. Praise God. The way we're going to approach this is one thing added from last week, and that is the message relevant Plain approach. I want to say this, too, because the message at the end has a lot to do with people that and what you're dealing with today is I'm going to minister about what is spirit filled. But right at the end, I'm going to tie this thing together. I pray to put it together in such a way like a puzzle that is going to minister to all of us. And we want to find people at the altar today that God wants to bless your life. Everybody say amen. All right. So check this out. So we want to deal with it from the aspect of dilemmas. We dealt with that for the past two weeks. We can't deal with that today. But then we're going to deal with the definition of spirit feel. And then what I ultimately want to do is to watch this transference to go from deity, meaning go from Jesus to the Holy Ghost. And then what we want to do is to deal with some of the decisions that come along with these dilemmas, definitions and the deity of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say amen. amen. We do this because we want to clarify the content for answering a big question. This is what this means. What is spirit filled is a very, very huge question. It's a it's a, a lifelong study. Are you with me? And I want to say this for those that study the scriptures a whole, whole, whole lot. And for some of us that may not have the time to or we don't um, have the opportunity. There hasn't been good teaching or good training or maybe I'm just not patient enough. That language about Jesus and all that stuff is too complicated for me or whatever. And, and so for some of us that may not have as much depth of knowledge of it, doesn't really matter. We want to be able to have God minister to us all. The way we want to do that is to take this gigantic question. Some of us have been studying this question for like 20 some odd years, 40 some odd years. Maybe Thompson's, Lawson's and John Johnson's and some others. And, you know, maybe Brother Leonard, you know, they've been in this thing for 40 years, you know, dealing with the spirit filled thing. Some of us have been at it for three weeks as long as I've been preaching. Are you with me? But it doesn't matter. God wants to answer you right where you are. I think that's a beautiful word. All right. So check this out. Let's go further. Let's deal with the dilemmas for a second. Say dilemmas. I won't go over all of them. I'll just tell you what we've gone over so you understand it. Today, there is a dilemma with the label, the label of spirit field. And therefore, because the the label of being spirit field is an issue, we're going to have to address it. Are you with me? So therefore, today's newer generation, today's newer generation has an intolerance, an intolerance 
as well as a skepticism towards anything that's not real. Everybody under 25 say, praise God. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Austin. I appreciate that. How loud that was, brother. There is a skepticism towards what's not real. So don't try to be funny and, and fake things and don't, don't do that because when you do that, you've already set up my belief that, you know what, I need to be skeptical towards this anyway. It's a good word. Ministering movements meet man. All throughout history, all throughout history, God has caused movements, has caused revivals has caused him to be known through revelation and through power I mean all throughout history I mean you know here's a good little story for you You know how some people believe that the only bible that exists today is the King James version right you know oh you better read the King James you know that's the same bible Jesus used you know I mean just you know I'm sure people (laughs) you know people take things to these extremities and and you know (laughs) And really, do you realize, check this out, whenever there's a movement of God like that, the movement of God, King James was a conversion from all of the original language into the language of the people. And do you know when that happened, there was a resistance? They thought it was blasphemy, right? And so we've got these movements of God where, get this, this is very important for everybody here. God is always moving closer and closer and closer and closer and closer and closer to get to you. Our God is doing everything he can to remove back all of what's hidden to get to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he wants to do it at whatever age, whatever stage. I've heard testimonies of people in a bar, drink and have drunk and come startled and say, Jesus is Lord. God will meet you wherever you are. You can be on a street. You can be abandoned. You can be homeless. You can be a professor. God will do whatever it takes to reveal himself to you. Wonderful woman of God told a testimony a few weeks ago. Car hit the banister, doesn't know how she made it back to the place. And when she gets there, she recognizes that it had to be nothing but God. I want you to understand, God's doing whatever he can to reveal himself to you because he wants you to know him, Javen. I heard a beautiful, oh my God, the, the principal at the, uh, Ames, uh, high, at the Ames Christian School heard a beautiful statement made by her. It's simple, but it was a beautiful statement that she made to me this week. And she says, you know, at some point, you got to go, you have to go from being a believer because of your mom and dad to accepting him for yourself. That was powerful to me coming from a principal, you know, because of course I'm in, <laughs> you know, we have teenagers in our home and you know, all these prayers and things are going forward and yeah, you can be raised up a PK and all that. But you know, at some point I just can't live off of what my mom and dad do. Turn to your neighbor and say he's talking to you. (laughs) I'm going to say at some point it has to go from. No, you don't have to say that. (laughs) At some point, this is very important. Sabdiel can no longer be a PK at Puerto Rico. He has to become a believer right here by himself at school during this season of his life. Is everybody with me? Am I making this? Am I being confusing or something here? He would think that y'all would be wanting to shout through this a little bit. Amen. That's all right. I'll shout with myself. So in the melting pot, this is what's important about the melting pot. BCC is a melting pot. And as a result of being a melting pot, 
What we really believe more than anything else, and this is what we try to design BCC to be, is that where people are really seeking life, who Jesus is alive. Amen. Is everybody with me? Yeah. All right. I talked about Brian Zahn, who can you trust? He starts saying things that I had believed in. Um, we wanted to pack up everything we knew about being spirit-filled, and we wanted to move forward. So what I want to do is talk about this. Here's one way for sure about how we want to maintain and seeing the benefits of being spirit-filled. Blessings, the benefits, the beliefs, the biblical truths testified. This is some of the practical ways of how you can understand what it means to be spirit-filled. To be what? Spirit-filled. We talk about God's grace and giving. We talk about God's grace and we talk about how he is giving. God's grace and how he's giving. I'm going to go to Psalms 103 in a minute. We talk about going from Amman to Amen. We talk about going from Amman, which is to believe. It's just to have faith to Amen. And Amen is so be it. Truly, truly. I, I agree with you. Right? Amen means I agree. I, let me put my pledge to that. And it starts out with a belief. You can't be spirit-filled unless you believe. Man, I, I, some of y'all got that. Some of us, we need to understand we can't be spirit-filled unless we what? Believe. Unless we believe. So therefore, reverse that, flip that. If we want to be spirit-filled, we got to what? Believe. believe. And if we're not spirit-filled, but though we think we are, we're trying to be, we ought to go back to the basic core of do you believe? believe. And you've got to be established in it. This is not wish-washy. Oh, no, I'm committed to this thing. This is the way I'm going to live now. I'm going to abandon this. I'm going to abandon my old nature. I'm going to abandon my old ways. That means, you know what? You know, we brought Brother Sean uh, Jackson and Sister Jennifer up here, you know, when they was with us a couple of weeks ago. These friends with me, here's a part of the testimony you need to understand about that whole relationship and all that. We were in the world together. We were in the what? I'm not denying that there is a place that we once came from where we were in sin. We were shown up buck wild in sin. We were, when we say wild, I'm talking about wild in sin. And there came a period where one of us left. I left and I said, oh my God, I want this Jesus. But how many understand that that little period of time, I had to be separated from them. And some of us in this room right now, and some of us in this room right now, and some of us in this room right now don't want to go through that little period where you separate yourself from even those who are your boys and your girls, and that's who you hang with, and that's who you tight with. There comes a time where you say, Jesus means more than them. I don't want to go to where they go. I want to go to where he goes. And when you make up your mind, God will do something radical, revolutionary in your life. Every single one that I did devil with, now is saved. Thanks be unto God. If you be a leader, be a pioneer, you lead the way, they will follow. I couldn't imagine if all of them were still in hell. And you say you love them? Separate yourself until God gives you everything he says. And then you start reaching back. And they say, I want what you have. But it's that little period. I'm not being insensitive. There's a little period where you don't smoke marijuana. There's a little period where you don't go to the bar. There's a little period where, you know what, you don't do what we, you, oh, you know, oh, you know. There's a little period where we don't do that. <laughs> sorry, we're just preaching today. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. I was at the, <laughs> I was, uh, me and my son, we went to see Lecrae. And that was a little secret. Now you know. But while we were there, I just lift up my hands. I start preaching. I start worshiping. You know, other people, young people, they jumping. I said, man, my God, I'm tears coming down my eyes. I'm just crying, you know. Because everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. Doesn't mean your story's better or worse than anybody. You just got your own story. And he, he breaks out that song on this album. I see where you're going now, God. Got it. He breaks out on the album, and he makes this song called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Some of the young people know what I'm talking about. Some of the old people don't mind. They think I'm talking about Clint Eastwood. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he, pre he preaches, he, he sings this song called The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. And the story is so tight. Because, in, because he's doing this video, right? And it was, it was like, oh, Lord. So anyway, the issue is this. He, he does this story, the good, the bad, the ugly. He says people think, they, people think they're in the know. People think they act like they know. And he breaks it down. The way he introduced the song, he says it this way. This was the worst day of my life. Or he says, this is how, my, this is how it started for me or something like that. And basically, the story just deals with this. He's in college. He gets saved but he's still hanging out where he shouldn't have been hanging out. Gets this girl pregnant. They go, he takes his car, tells her to get in. They drop, he, she drops, she, he drops her off at the abortion clinic. She gets this abortion and he comes out and here he is, a global, international, righteous rapper, but still remembers that day. He said, this is how it started. Somebody say amen. I know that's a little bit too rough for some of us, but if some of us, if you can get what I'm saying. He said, oh, my God. He says, this is how it started, but thanks be to God. And he raps about it. And here's the issue. And Luke, Luke and I are together, right? And he's like, oh, my God, this is too raw, right? He raps, he goes through the whole thing. And at the end, big old lights, technology and everything, and he does the heartbeat thing. He does the heartbeat thing. And Luke said, turns to me and said, oh, no, he's not. And it beeps. And it beeps, and then it just goes flat line. You see, that's a little raw for some of y'all, but man, that just touched me. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Here's what I want you to know. That song we sang today, no matter what you've done, no matter what you think your failure is, God's bigger. Say God's bigger. Great introduction to Psalms 4. It's a great introduction into Psalms 101, 103. Psalms 103, verses 1 to 5 says this. Everybody say benefits. Yeah. Everybody say benefits. 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 The benefits is forgives, heals, redeems, he crowns, he satisfies, and he renews. Can I get you to say those words with me after benefits? Ready, set, go. Forgives, heals, redeems, crowns, satisfies, renews. One more time. Again, forgives, heals, redeems, crowns, satisfies, and renews. Everybody see that? This is who God is, and this is who Jesus is, and this is who God is to Lecrae. And this is though you might have had some past things. God can take you from the, utter to, from the gutter to the utter. Are you with me? How? Because look at what it says. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his what? Forget not all of his what? All of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity. Here's what it is. He forgives all your iniquity, and then he does what? He heals you from all your what? He heals you from all your what? 
who redeems your life from the pit. And then he crowns you with steadfast love and mercy who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Somebody say amen. I think that's worth giving God a praise offering. Look at that. Listen, God wants to forgive you whatever you've done. God wants to heal you from whatever you have. God wants to redeem you and give you much greater than you had. And then for you to know you're a treasure, to know you're valuable, to know you're rich, to know you're a child of the king, then he wants to crown you and then satisfy you. And you'll stop feeling old like I can't get enough sleep and I'm tired all the time. I don't know what the world's going to do to me. The world's not going to do anything to you. You belong to the kingdom now. You're redeemed. He renews you like the eagle. Glory to Jesus. So what is the definition? So what is the definition? This is the beginning. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. This, listen, this is all spiritual. You know what some of us look for? Pastor, do you think we can cut out a window right there? Because we need a window so the wind can come in. No, you're missing it. Right? <laughs> it's not a real wind. <laughs> well, I think we need to go get us some fans in here so it can blow. No, you're missing it. It's back to what we were teaching last week. We're focused on the purple ball. No, no, no. We need to focus on the clear, invisible ball. We need to focus on the realm of the spirit, the realm of the what? So it says like a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them. Verse four. And they were read verse four with me. Ready, set, read. And they were all what? And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Read verse 4 again. Ready, said, read. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as, ooh, gave them utterance. Stop right there. If I can't do any really, really more good divided teaching, let me get this one point, which is what I'm wanting to have as a synopsis. Say Spirit-filled today. Spirit-filled Thank you. We have become too natural minded because we call spirit feel the second part of that verse and we call it tongues and it's right there that we miss it. I'm going to say it again. We focus more on tongues, which is seen and heard than we do and they were all filled with the Spirit. Did y'all get that? I'm going to say it again. A couple of y'all start really start numbing and you start getting it. Look at the order of the verse. And they were all filled with the what? With the Holy Spirit. That's what we should be focusing on. Man and churches today have made that small and made the next part big. And they began to speak in tongues. So when we talk spirit-filled, all we talk is tongues. Tongues is not spirit-filled. And the more you talk about the things that are seen and temporary and visible, ooh, that's good scripture. How do you know tongues is temporary? 
First Corinthians chapter 13 says tongues will cease. It's temporary. We've got to not focus on the things that are seen, visible, heard, tangible, material. We've got to focus on the things that's unseen, invisible. And that is the spirit. Hallelujah. So when we talk about, listen, so when, when, whenever I go to my next chart here, when I start talking about being spirit filled, please understand just because you're hearing spirit filled, you cannot think that I'm saying tongues. That's a good word. That's a good word. Okay, so look, verse 4. Uh, let's go to the next verse. So now, look at verse 38 and verse 39. Say, this is for me. Verse 38 says, then Peter said to them, repent. What does repent mean? Change mind, right? And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the what? And you shall receive the gift of the what? For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God will call. God is saying that what they experienced when they were all filled is for every one of us as many as the Lord will call and as many of us that are afar off. Meaning maybe they meant afar off like weren't in Jerusalem. They could mean not afar off like in the year 2030, I mean in the year 38 AD. Whatever it is, it's afar off and that's us. God has afforded for us to be spirit filled and Jesus is the one who preached that message that John will indeed baptize you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit as Jesus himself is the one who taught it. All right. Now, turn to your neighbor and say, break it down. I'm glad you asked. Oh, I could do that. I would read that right now, but my time is afforded where I, I want to go to this chart. Now I want to make this really, really practical about how this applies to us. SML is Sunday morning live at BCC. Praise God. So we break down BCC, body, Christ, church. The word at the top under the blue body, cherish. Cherish is the Greek word for, for grace and for love, for the word love, for grace and love. Cherish is the Greek word for grace or love. Are you with me? This is very important. That's why the King James broke it down in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and he calls it charity. You know what I mean? In the King James, it says, instead of the word love, it shows the word charity. Same thing. Pay attention. So under this first column, I want everybody to look at this column, under the word body, meaning, okay, what am I trying to do in this chart? Body meaning BCC. This is our body here. Christ Christians. This is what all Christians are like. Church, alive, Sunday morning live, this is the types of things we want to have done in our service. Okay, so under the first, under the first column, I want to show you what I'm talking about when it says, what does it mean to be spirit-filled at BCC? As BCC, this is biblical, scripturally correct. Please go back and check it out. But in our body, we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Or the cherish, or the graces. The next one is graces, because the word gifts is, 
gifts of the spirit means graces of spirit. And how many understand there's not a Christian alive that does not believe in grace? Now make that transition. Transit over to the next part. If you believe in grace, then you can have the opportunity to believe in the graces of God or the gifts of God. Because all of the manifestation of the gifts of God are simply the manifestation of his graces. Oh, man, I was thinking y'all was going to stay with me. I'm trying, but they're looking at me like. <laughs> Do you believe in grace? Can you believe in graces? Then if you can believe in graces, then you have the opportunity to believe in the gifts of the spirit. Now that makes sense. This is not something to hide from. This is not something to run out the door. If somebody falls out under the spirit right here or a demon manifest here, this is not something to run from. It is dealt with by the graces of God. Y'all got that? Okay, so look at this. So we believe in a prayer language. This is very important because some people, some theologians and some teachers have just put all of speaking in other tongues as being one thing. And it's not one thing. It's a minimum of at least two things. And one of the things that it is, is speaking in a prayer or a heavenly language. Some teachers put out that means praying in other tongues means I'm praying in German or I'm praying in Spanish. That's not fulfilled in the totality of the scriptures. The scripture says, Paul says, I speak of a heavenly language, of another tongue. How many understand we don't know what it sounds like in heaven? But if we pray in a heavenly language, that's what it sounds like. And I don't know if y'all notice or not, as much as we want to be pompous, it might not be English. So we believe in a prayer language here. We believe in praying in other tongues. I want to say this, not as a boast to myself, but so you can be comfortable with this. I pray in the Holy Spirit. I pray in an unknown tongue every single day. Is anybody with me? So therefore, well, why do you do that? Well, we have to study all that out. But we believe in that. We believe in speaking rhema. Rhema is the Greek word for word and the type of word that is spoken in the, spo in the moment. Is what Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4 and in Luke 4, 4. For man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, but by every what? Word. That proceeds from the mouth of God. That word translated means rhema. We believe here that I might stop and I might start speaking to Andy and I might speak a rhema word into him. A rhema, a life-giving word. Y'all all raise your hand when you said you want to be in an environment and an atmosphere where it's living and alive. Well, where it's living and alive is when I begin to stop and I speak to him and I speak a word and it's a word that gives him life. But you still, in order to receive it, you got to believe and have faith. <laughs> so, OK, listen, here's an example. We were praying at the I never this is just a big one to me is that we were praying at the altar years ago in the Memorial Union. And we prayed for about, let's say, eight or nine, ten people. We come to about the second to last person. We pray. We lay hands on the lights, little lady, you know, whatever. We're praying for her, you know. And I, I think we prayed something like, and inside of you, you have Isaac. I said something like, I don't even, I promise, I don't know what it was, right? I mean, no, that's not, that means it wasn't for me, right? I'm, you know, I believe that you will bring forth Isaac, I think I said, right? Now, I mean, you understand, Isaac was a promised son. He was a promised child. They had had Ishmael, but Isaac was the promised child. 
Now, I want to make sure you understand the difference between natural and spiritual. The difference between natural and spiritual. Naturally, I did not mean by any means that this girl was about to have a baby. I was just simply saying, <laughs> Isaac shall come forth. I don't, I'm just speaking. She received something. She what? Received. What did she do? She received. And she received something. And the next thing you know, she told her husband and they went out to go find out if they was pregnant and she was pregnant with a baby. That's a rhema word spoken, manifested because God's life giving power. Isn't that a blessing? That all happened in the realm of the spirit. But you can't be like this. I don't know about that. <laughs> right? <sighs> yeah, I have been there and done that. Ain't nothing in me. Bible says to do not despise prophesying. And all that is is just uprooting. Up, oh, nope. I'm too much in doubt to even receive anymore. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. How many of y'all are receiving some word today? Yeah. Can I keep reading for a second? Listen, we believe in the cross and the name of Jesus and the blood. We believe in that. We believe that the cross and what Jesus did on the cross can cause Lecrae to be forgiven for even though he had that happen in his life. That was a place to say amen. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Y'all don't get it. Forget Lecrae. We have pastored this church with men and women who have been a part of such things. And now they walk away free from all of that condemnation. Why? Because there is now no more condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who no longer walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. Though you did something wrong, it doesn't matter how bad it was. God has the ability to forgive you. Moses was a killer. Paul was a killer. They were forgiven and they've written the word of God. I want you to understand. It does not matter what you've done. You have the power of the cross, the blood, and the name to be forgiven and go free. We believe here in the prophetic. We believe in prospering. We believe here in deliverance. Say deliverance. How many understand there are some things you can't counsel out? <laughs> Here's much something more important because it applies more so to us. You can be free from something. It can be literally delivered. You can be delivered of whatever of is is holding you back right bible says in hebrews chapter 12 to let go that weight that so easily besets you right that can be cast out gone free walked out walked out today man i'm free i've never been this light i thought i was a linebacker i might be a running back i don't know how many understand you can walk out what free say free, free. you can walk out delivered you can walk out how delivered. you can walk out delivered and free by the holy spirit are you with me but you can't get back out there and then go back into the very thing that you was free from. That's biblically true. I was that. Don't have to pick on y'all. 
I was that. I came to know Jesus Christ at BCC. I'm living for God. I'm reading the word of God. Man, I'm loving Jesus. That was wonderful. But some things happened in some relationships. And that went bad. Got, you know, kind of dismissed from school. That went bad. Man, I dipped back into the world because I started hanging out with old worldly friends. Well, next thing you know, I'm way out there. And you know what happened? <laughs> this is just true. I mean, I don't have to. This is true. I might have been bad before. I might have been bad before. But seven worse spirits came. That's why I'm telling you, when I was in the world with these guys, I was buck wild. There's very little difference except a big bridge of grace. There's very little difference between a, than a big bridge of grace between Lecrae and Duran. I could have been that man who drove up some girl to a clinic. I could have been. And you better believe I'm often in a room where some of the men and the old friends of mine have done. Is everybody with me? Yes. Say, what is? What is? Spirit filled. Spirit. Please come up and play. That's great. We believe in acts of the Holy Ghost. We believe in acts of the Holy Ghost, not of man. We believe in faith, hope, and love. We believe in what is the supernatural power of God. The what? This is what all Christians believe, or at least it should be. They should believe in God the Father. You should believe in Jesus, his son. We believe in having strong doctrine, biblical, scriptural doctrine. You know, one of the things that was amazing to me when I was with Joel Osteen and his staff, when I was with Joel Osteen and his staff, one of the things they found out in their research is that people today, people when? Today, does not actually know what it means to belong to a Bible-believing church. That's one of the questions, one of the major questions that they come to find out, that people don't actually know what it means to belong to a Bible-believing church. Listen, we believe in being interdenominational, and what that simply means is we believe in all the denominations and we just mix in between all of them. Praise God. What we believe in is marriage and family. How many understand marriage and family is just ought to be the, the, you know what? God didn't make a church. I don't know if y'all noticed or not, just good, good teaching. When God created the universe, created the world, and put man in it, he didn't build a church. First thing he built was a family. Now, can I take it one more step further? Guess what? He not just didn't build a family because some people start teaching, well, you better have a wife. You better have a spouse. Well, get a little deeper like Dr. Miles Moreau, and you know what? He just didn't build for you to have a marriage. He built a community. You have a need of a community more than you have need of a spouse. You have need of a community more than you have need of a spouse. You're not less than because you're not married. I'm going to say that again. You're not less than because you're not married. I might be right dead center in the, in, not dead, right alive in, the, in what Christ's will is for my life. Somebody say praise God. Is anybody receiving any good word today? Amen. How many of you want to change life? Just a better life. Look, 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 look. We're trying to finish this out. Look. Everyone believes in that we should believe in the big C church and stop believing in just our little local church. We ought to believe in eternal life, being born again and being saved. I call it the easy three. All Christians believe in grace of God. We ought to be water baptized by submersion and we ought to believe in communion. These are the institutions that Jesus gave us himself. 
He himself was baptized. He himself had communion and he was the communion. We all believe that there is a heaven and that there is a hell and that Jesus Christ will return again and come and pick up the living and the dead. We believe that just as all Christians do. Are you hearing me? But when we come together on Sunday morning live, when we come together where? Come on, say it out loud. When we come together where? When we come together Sunday morning live, when we come, listen here, when we come together to SML, I know a whole lot of people tuned in because they wanted to see Prince. But I'm talking about coming to SML where we come to the Prince of Peace. Why? Because Jesus is greater. And Sunday morning live is the live version where I want to be at, where God can do these things in my life. I don't need to be at home anymore. I want to be where there's life touching fun, where people, man, that pastor, he's silly. I like him. He keeps me awake. I want to have fun with we come together. I want us to sing and do a joyful noise unto the Lord. When we come together, there ought to be expressive worship. There ought to be people lifting up their hands and running around at this place. We need expressive worship. We don't need a dead church. Why? Because Jesus is alive. We believe here that all types of people can come together. Why? Because when the Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, they were found from many different cities, many different nations, many different dialects and tongues. And when they came together, the Holy Spirit made them one. We believe in being Spirit-filled because we believe in the arts. We believe in the rap. We believe in the, the painting, the pictures. We believe in photographs and playing music and creating background noise where it looks like it's about 25 of them up there. And I mean, oh, Peter plugged in about 24 of them in electronically. You know, we believe in the creative arts. Why? We believe in an engaging and relevant. If what we do on Sundays is not helping you parent, then it's not engaging and relevant. If you don't have just another day of love for your neighbor, what we do here is void and vain. <laughs> if you don't come in here today and you walk out and on Wednesday you're thinking, man, I need to repent. We're not engaging. We're not relevant. This is a religion and our hopes are dead. But I believe in a Jesus that has made us alive. Can anybody say amen? amen. Listen to this. We're talking about being creative. We're talking about now. We believe in spirit field that it's now. That it's when? Now. It's not tomorrow. It's not later. It's now. Faith is now. Do you understand what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1? It says, now faith. Now faith. Now is not, faith is not, well, I'm going to faith it on Monday. No, now faith. It's now faith. <laughs> Say purpose. I'm going through school and I'm on the track team and I have this major. How does it relate to my life? God, speak to me and give me a purpose. When you talk about resurrection, we went through two years. Peter always talks about it. We went two years and we studied the book of Acts. We studied the book of Acts. And do you understand one common thing to the power of God is this. Whenever they prayed and whenever they taught, they taught this one thing. At the Jesus who was raised from the dead. The power of the Holy Spirit is manifested because of the raising of Jesus from the dead. And very thing next is that we believe this is where dreams come true. This is where dreams. How you doing, sweetie? I haven't seen you in so long. It's beautiful to see you. Hey, sweetie. This is the place where dreams come true. This is the place where what? Dreams come true. Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants, God wants 
you not to give up. But that this is the place where dreams come true. Everybody stand to your feet. Turn the lights down. Don't, don't, change, the, don't change the screen, please. Prayer and altar call team. I'm going to ask that you would please be at your point in your place. I said that I wanted to tie this together like a puzzle. This is, the, for me, the last message of this series. But I want to insert this very powerful, powerful word. And I know even as I look over the congregation, there are people in our congregation right now that need this word. I have in my little book, I wrote this little part on a day that God was ministering to me. And this is what I wrote. Now, I don't know. This is a true story. I don't know if Luke had told me the name of the album first or if God gave this to me and then I heard the name of the album. But this is what happened. I wrote this about Jesus. This is a revelation. It says, the anomaly, the anomaly. And I wrote, Jesus is an anomaly because he is the only one. He is the what? He is the only one that has, has the power to understand our brokenness. Jesus is an anomaly. Jesus is an anomaly. Now, I know Lecrae called himself an anomaly, but I'm saying this. Jesus is the anomaly. Who's the anomaly? And there's like an anomaly is something that there's only one of a kind. It's so different. It's out of the ordinary. And I want you to understand only Jesus. Let me tell you why this came to me. It's because when I started looking about all of you all's lives and I began to look at the Varaffs and I began to look at the Reefs and I began to look at some of the individual, the, uh, the second generation Thompsons and what they've had to deal with and go through and people don't know their prayers. And when I started looking at what Sister Gwen has gone through and her whole entire family, and I mean not just the family that's here, but extended family. When I think about what some of us have gone through, I recognize there's not a single one of us in this room that can minister to all these needs. The brokenness is too big. The hurts are too large. There's only one that can do it, and Jesus. Jesus is the anomaly. Somebody say amen. amen. And because Jesus is the anomaly, get this, he's the only one that totally and fully identifies with us and our brokenness. Jesus knows my brokenness. Jesus knows what me and my wife are crying about right now. Jesus is the only one. He's the anomaly. And this is what this means. For we have not a high priest who is not able to be touched by the feelings of the feeble flesh, like what I'm going through and what you're going through and what you're entrapped in and what you're mad at God about and why you won't live up your life for Jesus. Jesus is the only one that knows it, but we have one, Jesus, who has been tested in all points, just as we have been tested, and yet he is without sin. Therefore, he is able to give you his sinlessness for our sinfulness, and we become the righteousness, and he was the unrighteousness. Jesus has done it all. Why? Because he is the anomaly. So if we can sing for just a second, I want to invite you to the Holy Spirit.
Can you sing that? I get you to bow your eyes as we pray father we love the word of God we love your word that is written we love the path of all of the scholars and theologians and pastors and teachers and apostles and evangelists that have gone before us to break open to us the word of God and have taught us the knowledge of God that we might know you better that we might have a clearer vision of who you are. For though you are invisible, intangible, your scripture says you're the only wise God. And we thank you, Jesus, that you desire that every man would be saved. And I believe that you have offered to all of us to be spirit-filled. And you don't leave out not one of us. There's not a single one thing that we've ever done that you have not paid for. For your cross paid it all. And I pray for the one that has entered into this room today, whether they be child or rather they be senior, whether they be male or female, single or married. I pray, God, that we've heard your voice. We've seen your scripture. You touched on areas in our personal lives, not by your son, Terran, but by your spirit that's in this place.